0: how does that happen? It's so interesting because Jesus says to them, if you have faith as a mustard seed, and you know you've heard it before, thats small, the smallest seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it will obey you. Okay, well when's the last time anyone saw that happen? And whether literal or not, the idea is something supernatural is happening. So if you're like, oh, really? A mountain moved?" Think of it like this. He's saying if you have faith, tiny faith, you can see supernatural things happen that don't happen in the natural, but God can do if you believe in him. Does that make it easy for you? He's saying, Jesus is saying to them, you can have faith like that. It's not just for the missionaries in the book. Again, it's for me and you, but what totally amazes me is then he goes on to tell a story. And you're like, I don't think this fits at all. He says, which of you having a servant, in verse 7, plowing and tending sheep, will say to him, when he comes in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat. But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper, and gird yourself, and serve till I've eaten and drunk, and afterward you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all the things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants, we have done what was our duty to do. You can move mountains. You know that? But you know where it starts? Simple obedience. He says, listen, you want greater faith, you can move a mountain, but just start by doing what you're supposed to do, right? (laughs) Oftentimes we think, oh, man, I need faith to go to Africa, or I need faith to sell my house or give everyone my checking account. I don't have enough faith. And God's saying, whoa, 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 whoa. How about just loving your wife? loving your husband. How about simply doing what I say in my word, being focused to simply obey what I have called you to do? Sometimes we see faith as big, but I think Jesus is reminding us, just do what you're supposed to do, and your faith will grow. You know, We just, I don't know how to put this, but we make everything look so big with faith and Jesus makes it look so simple. We think of all these great things that we have to do that are so hard and he's saying, just do your job and your faith will grow. I see this very clearly in one of the greatest characters of faith in the Bible. It's Abraham, the father of faith. Abraham moved from move from Ur of the Chaldees just simply obey me right he wasn't talking about Isaac yet that was way down the line Abraham just give Lot first choice Abraham and Abraham went up and down memories on a journey your journey of faith you're going to have success and failure you're going to go up and down right but he said just do and obey the thing in front of you And it's slowly built and we look at abraham's like oh man he was incredible he offered his son and he was able to see and believe that god would resurrect him from the dead what amazing faith but it started on a journey of simply obeying what god told him to do in the moment and when you do that and you see god work your faith grows and grows and grows because you see him work in the little things, in the private things, and then when it comes in public, in the request, you are able to say, I trust God because he was faithful in the little things. I'm at home. God might whisper in my ear, do the dishes. Do the dishes. I've got to go to Cambodia with Abby. What are you talking about? I have big faith things to do. No. Shut your mouth. Obey me and do the dishes. I'm only saying that as an example for you today. Love your co workers. Serve your family, men and women. Children, obey your parents. Be a good worker at work. Be loving, be kind. Do the things that you know, and you will see God as you have faith in your obedience and it will grow and become stronger and stronger. David was able to defeat a lion because of his faith. He trusted God, but I want you to know that nobody was looking. And when it came to Goliath, and everybody was looking, he said, I'm going to take that giant on. Why did he know that God would be faithful? Because he trusted God when no one was looking, and he had faith. It says, don't mess with sin, trust me. Well, I can do that when everyone's looking, but when it's behind the scenes, can I trust God and say, no, that's not for me. You told me in your word, don't look at that computer. Don't gossip on the phone. Don't text that. And as you obey that and you see God's blessing in that, when it comes time for that public test of sacrificing what's great to you, you will be able to say, I can trust God because he was faithful when no one was looking, and I don't care who's looking, because he is true, and he is good. You want to add, strengthen, establish? Know who he is and obey him, and you will grow and become stronger and stronger and stronger. Simply be established by obedience. It's a journey, and there will be failure. And you have to know God's grace. Abraham lied about his wife. That's a major no-no. Don't call her your sister. You're looking for trouble. Okay? And he did. Why? Because he was fearful. He was scared of what would happen to him. He didn't trust God would protect him. Right? And he had this journey up and down, but God's grace held him God's forgiveness was there. And so the next time he could believe and trust. I'm going to tell you this faith not only is established in simple obedience, not only are you always invited to grow, but faith is perfected in looking to eternity and God's promises. What are we called in 2 Corinthians chapter 5? Maybe you want to turn there. There's a famous thing that we all know, and it says this. Walk by and not by. Right. Okay, we all know it. How's it going? (laughs) How's it going? You walking by faith or you walking by sight? Oh, I'm walking by faith, Pastor. Really? Daniel could say to you, am I walking by faith? So many of my decisions are made by sight and not by faith. What, God wouldn't ask me to do that? That doesn't make sense. You ever said that to yourself? God's given us common sense for a reason, Pastor. God's given us a mind. We need to use our mind. You ever heard that? Well, I heard that before. And in some ways, it can be true, but I want you to know that faith always looks beyond what is logical. And faith is perfected by looking to Jesus and to eternity and to what God has said, even when sight would tell us otherwise. It's so good to look at the context of the chapter because Paul is speaking of more than just this verse. He's speaking, even in chapter 4, of how our light affliction is but for a moment in working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Are you getting a little idea of what he's saying to you this morning? We don't look at this world because it's temporary, but rather we look at God who's eternal, who has a home for us. We're looking for the fact that he's coming back. In verse 6 of chapter 5, we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. That is why we walk by faith and not by sight. If you are thinking of this world, trying to be comfortable in this world, protecting yourself in this world, you are not walking by faith. We try to reason our way out of simply believing in what God has asked us to do. Like how, I want to make this so practical, because sometimes, oh, just walk by faith, you're like, okay, I'll do that. But what in the world does that mean, and how can I do it better? Let's make it practical. Amy and I were talking the fear of flying. Maybe you have a fear of flying. Because by the way, the opposite of faith is fear. So I have a fear of flying. Okay? I don't want to fly. I have a sister-in-law, she says she doesn't like to fly, and it was amazing what God showed her, and I'll explain that in a minute. But, I have a fear of flying. Okay, I want to be perfected in my faith. How do I do that? I look to eternity and God's promises. What's probably my fear in flying? What's my number one fear? Someone tell me if I'm flying. What's my fear? Death. Death. I'm going to die. Broop! <laughs> Maybe I'm one of those 737 Maxes or whatever they are. I don't know the plane, but you know, right? They're, they're not, they got to be fixed. They're not working. I get on a plane, I'm like, oh no, I'm going to die. Right? And so then we have this fear, I'm going to die, and like, where's our faith? Here's where faith is perfected in the truth of Jesus and eternity. Listen to this. If I die, where do I go? Glory. Glory, heaven, right? Well, hopefully, you're all Christians. If you're not and you're questioning, we can talk after. I'm a Christian. I'm getting on a plane. I'm going to see someone. I know God's giving me peace. I should see that person. I get on the plane. I have a fear of flying. I'm afraid I'm going to die. God says, if you die, it's better for you than if you live, because I promise you mansions in glory, eternity, and being in my presence all the time. And if I will think like that, oh, well, that's a lot better. If I survive and my life's miserable... Not that it's miserable, but heaven is way better because living on this earth is a garbage can. But we don't understand eternity or the promise of God that it's better, so we live in this fear to hold on to our earthly life when God says, even if I take you, it's better. Another practical example. I am not going to have enough. God, you asked me to give. I'm worried about my retirement. I'm worried about my retirement. I have this fear. What does faith say? Faith says, I promise. That's what God says in his words. I promise to provide all your needs according to my riches in glory. So I'm perfected in my faith in looking at him, setting my eyes on things above, on the promises of Christ. I don't have enough. Jesus says, listen, I've got you. Listen, I will take care of you. You might not have all you want because all you want is not going to satisfy you and it might bring you comfort, but you'll never have faith. You'll never deepen your relationship with me. But my word says, I have so much more because you can trust me because I say, I'm going to take care of you. That's the promise of God. All our fears sometimes come down to our suffering and our death, and Jesus says, I have eternity in my hands, and you, as you believe and trust me, are going to be with me. Think of the missionaries who did incredible things. They weren't thinking of the danger, of the difficulty. They were looking at Jesus and knowing no matter what happened, they were going to spend eternity with him. You have to practically, when this fear comes upon you, look at what God has said. Look at the promises. And you will dismantle the lies of the enemy if you will take time to set your mind in the right place. Okay. People I love are in trouble, God. I can think of myself. I don't know where they're going and I worry about them, and I have fear about them, and I can't trust you with them. God would say, the love I have for you, I don't love them as much. (laughs) Is that what he says? He loves everyone. So it's about me trusting that God loves them, and as I call out to him that he has a plan. Do you trust that this morning? Or do you live in fear and worry and think maybe your children, maybe a family member, and you're thinking, oh no, God, what are you going to do? Faith says, God loves them more than me. And though I can't see with my eyes how this is working out, and I'm getting so bottled up and living in this anxiousness, God says, you can be perfect if you will trust what i've said you ever trying to fix people <laughs> why do you try and fix people because you think you have to help them and you don't trust that god can do it himself you have more value in simply bringing them to the lord and trusting god's promises that he loves them and letting them go that's faith you ever change my spouse? Oh, I don't want to do what you say. You call me to lead my family and love them. <laughs> God, I need to fix this situation before I do. simply obey. Right? Don't worry what it looks like. You simply obey what I've asked you to do. I'll take care of the rest because I love them more than you and you can't change them, but I can. So you just do what I've asked you to do. And he perfects us. And you look at Abraham and the story of Abraham in here. How could he walk in such faith and sacrificing his son? In Hebrews 11, it says he was always looking towards what? A city on this earth? What does it say in Hebrews 11, scholars tell me? He was looking towards a city, what? Not made with hands. He was looking to eternity. He was looking beyond. I got to move from Earl of Chaldees. I got a nice house here, Lord. We got a lot of sheep. (laughs) You want me to leave my family? Maybe I'll grab my cousin and head off. You really want me to move? I'm comfortable. Why? Because I'm looking at eternity. He wasn't looking how good Canaan could be because he lived in a tent and it could have been miserable and there was drought, but he was looking at eternity, at a city that was built by God and not by hands. Do you understand? His obedience in faith came from seeing eternity and what God was doing from him. And you can't be controlled by your sight in this world, but you have to be controlled about what's coming next. You need to think in the eternal by renewing your mind. Amy's listening to a psychologist, a Christian psychologist, and talking about Neuropathways and all of that and I tried to listen last night she was rubbing my feet and I fell asleep but anyways she gave me the recap but it was really good because what we do in our minds is we think what's easiest to think so we've created and been taught certain things okay this is how you get this problem you logically do this and you do this and you do that you know what but we need to make new pathways that we don't go back to the old ones that we were taught that say, I'm going to trust God. So maybe your first response is to worry. Maybe your first response is to be in fear. Maybe your first response is to fix the problem. That's just the way you've always thought. That's the way school taught you, to, taught you to think to be logical and figure it out. And God's like, no, that's where your mind easily goes to, but my way's a little harder, but there's so much more fruit and you need to create new pathways in your brain by being with Jesus and allowing him to speak to you when he says, you can trust me. One final story to to bring this home. Mark chapter 9. I've talked about it before and I mentioned it. The disciples. Jesus is up on the Mount of Transfiguration. He takes three, leaves the rest. Demon-possessed boy. Father can't cast out the demon. Pharisees making fun of them. Oh, look at you guys. Jesus comes down. Father comes to him. Why couldn't you cast out those demons? He says, oh, faithless generation." Disciples see him later. Jesus casts out the demon. They see him and they say, God, thought, why couldn't we do it? Right? Why couldn't we cast this demon out? In your life, your mountain. God, where are you? Why can't we do this? And he gives this odd statement. This only comes out by prayer and fasting. Now, I've said before, and I believe with all my heart, that doesn't mean when the demon-possessed man came, Come back in 24 hours. We're gonna have go to the 24-7 prayer room. Okay? We're gonna get prayed up, we're gonna fast, and then we'll be ready to answer your question. We can't handle you right now, but just give us a week. All right? We'll throw an all-church prayer meeting, bring back your demon-possessed boy in a week, and we'll be ready to go. You think that what it meant? That's what he was saying, because he said it doesn't come out but by prayer and fasting. He meant this: your faith is weak because you're not prepared for the mountain when you pray and fast folks what you're doing is creating new pathways in your brain to trust jesus what you're doing is saying god i want you to teach me Every day how to trust you more by seeing who you are and your promises and eternity every day. And I'm going to fast, not because I have to, I get to, whether it's a meal or TV, because when I deny myself, I see you so much clearer in my life. So our lifestyle is one of seeking him, renewing our mind, being with him, and our faith grows so when we're faced with those mountains, we can say, BAM! Get out, demon! The problem is we're not prepared. And Jesus has to say, only by prayer and fasting. What do I do in this situation? Let's call the pastor. Uh, Where's the phone? You don't need me. You don't need the elders. You've got Jesus Christ. Amen? And we're more than happy to help you, by the way. But maybe we're the ones who have to prepare better but the body is to minister to the body and your mountains you can face them because god will increase your faith as you look your faith as you look to him and trust him so those mountains when they come won't be so big and you can say in the name of jesus cuz i trust jesus cuz i know jesus and i know he's coming back that this is not from him it's not welcome and I'm going to respond. We are not weak in faith. We can be strong. You are on a journey, but trust him. Be with him. Re- do your brain to know, to set your mind on things above, to walk by faith, not by sight, to live that this is temporary, and that is forever. We, as Christians, myself included, are too into here and logic and now. And God says, I am way, way bigger than that. But we are not accessing him through faith to deal with life. And the world, when we do that, says, oh, that was supernatural. Yes, because my God is supernatural. Timothy. Remember where we started? Whoops. (laughs) Walk by faith. Timothy, you're a young man. People are despising you. I want you to be an example of faith. I want you to be an example of one who trusts me, who's with me, who's been invited and responding, who's obeying my commands simply. And thirdly, who's looking at eternity. Because, Timothy, people are looking at you. Church, people are looking at you. (laughs) Whether you're a pinky, an arm, or a leg today, people are looking at you, your children are looking at you, your friends are looking at you, and the question is, we want to walk by faith. I, I, you know, the Bible is chock full of men who, women who just walk by faith. Joshua, go walk around this wall. That's not modern warfare. You don't have a plan? Now walk around. What are you, nuts? From David to Abraham to the prophets to the New Testament to Paul to Peter, it doesn't matter. The command, the exhortation is always the same walk by faith. Trust me for the impossible. May we look to the one who loves us. Send a story, my sister in law. And I gave this example before as a little prophecy in church because it ministered to me. She's fear, fearful of flying. Her daughter's getting married in Colorado. She said, you know what, Dan? It was that Christmas time. I'm really scared of flying. But God gave me a picture. He spoke to me. And I said it before. He was in the pool. It was like someone who's scared of water, right? And I had to jump in the water, and she was the one jumping in the water. She said, The fear of flying is like someone who's scared of water. Jump in the water? I can't jump in the water. I'm scared of water. I can't swim, she said. But God showed me he's like the parent in the water. Jump, I'll catch you. Jump, I'll catch you. Now, sometimes we don't see the parent in the water. Sometimes we think God will just drop us. Or, oh, come on, oh, and turn his back. Is that the God you serve this morning? See, the God I serve is a good God, and the God you serve is a good God. And you know what he's saying? Jump into the pool of faith. You can trust me. The incredible thing is, faith says he's there. Fear says he's not. We each hear the voice. But one believes he's not there, and one believes he is there. So the invitation this morning is, do you believe that God is good and he's calling you into the pool of faith and he will catch you? What is it in your life he's asking you to trust him with? Because the reality is we're controlled by fear. We go through each person. I could have a little counseling session. What are you fearful of? But the Holy Spirit does a better job. But today, God is saying, Give it to me, trust me, and jump, even if you can't see, I am there. He's calling, He's inviting, He's speaking to you, He's asking you to obey. He's saying, Jump, jump. I saved you, I'm with you, and though it doesn't look good, I'll always take care of you." I believe with all my heart that there's more than one person that needed to hear this message this morning. Probably starting with me, okay? It does no good until you put it in practice. So practically, this week, when those thoughts come, No, no, I'm going to believe in your truth and what you said because you are faithful even when I'm faithless. God has done all the work for your salvation and God has done all the work for your life. You've been saved by grace, but he says, do you believe me? Saved by grace, through faith, that's Romans. You are justified by faith. You live by faith. The just will live by faith. Amen. So Lord Jesus, this morning, would you, God, add to our faith? I don't know what it is in each one's life. We just pause one moment. Maybe the Holy Spirit can speak to us. It's a good, good time to reflect and respond. We're not in a hurry. Sometimes we think church has to be quick but we want God to work in our lives. So I just want to pause and ask the Holy Spirit, specifically the root in your heart, what is it that maybe God's asking you to be an example or to walk in faith in? I want God to speak to you, an area where you can look at Him, eternity, and His promises to combat that fear. So would you just pause and maybe ask the Lord, where where is it? What is this fear or worry or anxiousness whatever that pool is would you allow the holy spirit this morning to speak to you that you could truly give it to him Maybe another question. What is he asking you to obey in that you're struggling with? You can trust him. Let him speak to you. Now, would you look at Jesus? Look at eternity, look at Jesus. Don't look at what you think God is or Jesus is, but what he says he is. He's good, he's faithful. And finally, Have one word for you. Jump. Jump. Even if you can't see this morning, in your mind and your heart, jump into His arms. Lord God, we're so thankful for your body and your blood, for what you've done for us, your love and your faithfulness. And we trust you. Add to us, establish us, strengthen us, that we would be an example, a church that truly walks by faith. I'm going to celebrate the faithfulness of God with communion. We always want to end looking at Jesus because truly it will perfect our faith. The elements are in the back. If you don't know Jesus, simply you need to confess with your mouth and believe, have faith in your heart that he died and rose again and you will be saved. So I want to give this invitation because faith always invites. If you don't know him before communion and you want to know him, come to the back. Speak to one of the men or the women there and we'd love to lead you and hear your proclamation of faith. Let's continually think of Jesus and that He has everything under control, knowing He died for us. So as Randy sings, just enjoy him now. We pray in your name. Amen, Jesus.